Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the following on podcast with me, Neil Mantle, and my usual co-host, Steve Harmison. We're going to be reviewing the fourth round of the county championship in which some of the high-flying early starters came a cropper and uh, some of those teams who've really been struggling bounced back with emphatic victories. And I'm thinking, of course, of Surrey predominantly, who had a miserable start to the uh, season, uh, but then uh, bounced back with an absolutely thumping innings and 289-run victory. But another one of the high flyers that uh, that came a cropper were Warwickshire, who were top of Group 1 and actually, oddly enough, remained top of Group 1 despite taking just one point. Um, and I'm starting with the Warwickshire-Durham fixture because, Harmy, your boys, your former boys, always, I think once a Durham lad, always a Durham lad. Always, they, always. <laughs> of course. Um, but they're one of the ones who uh, were struggling, who came really good with an innings victory of themselves um, by an innings 127 against the Bears uh, but but you and I have mentioned this the last couple of weeks Durham hadn't won a game before this this round but but should have done I mean they've been playing really well they were bottom of group one um, and didn't deserve to be there no they didn't and when you look at group one now at the end of end of this week there's 14 points between top and bottom so it tells you how close this group is and rightly so we talked to David Benningham last week uh, and I've mentioned over the course of these last three weeks that Durham just haven't been able to get themselves over the line. Winning positions, not over the line. I was so intrigued to watch the stream first up on uh, on Thursday morning because there's a certain England fast bowler. He was back, Mark Wood. And when I watched the footage, looked at the pitch, seen the overhead conditions at, at Durham, two days before, Tuesday and Wednesday, there was a lot of rain in the northeast of England. Um, and Warwickshire were disappointed, I think, with the surface, but it wasn't Mark Wood's pierce, it was Ben Rain. Ben Rain bowled about 80 mile an hour and he bowled it off stump. Let the ball do the work on the green pitch and it was it was a, a, an artist at work. He had five wickets for two runs at one point um, and bowled and bowled Warwickshire out. Warwickshire were all at sea. 87 all out, first innings, and they were, you could see a lucky to get 87. Um, what was it? <laughs> There were 30 for eight. There were 32 run partnership um, between uh, Craig Miles and Liam Norwood, but ticking out. Durham were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Rain in the Mark Wood bowled fast. He bowled fast. First up, he bowled uh, Robert Yates with a ball. I don't even think Robert Yates has seen it yet. It's uh, it was it went through him before he was even there. Um, he he bowled quickly. And then second innings, you know, Durham came out, got to a brilliant start. 200 run, Will Young and uh, Alex Lee's 208 run partnership for the first wicket um, and got themselves in such a commanding position. There was only going to be one winner, 391. And then it was a Chris Rushworth, three wickets after that. And somebody that we need to keep an eye on. I think the England selectors have always, they've, they've had an eye on them for a, you know, a year or two now. He's had a lot of injuries. 
Um, South African-born Brandon Koss, again, five wickets in the second innings. He's got, you know, he's got a lot of wickets so far this summer. I think he's, what is he, fifth in the in the wicket taken. And he's played one game less. He's got 19 wickets um, at an average of 17. So he won the game in the end for Durham. He was the five-wicket haul in the second innings. But a great start for Durham. Not much to write home about. If you're one of the blue, if you're one of the Warwickshire Bears, one point, still top of the league. And um, yeah, well done, Durham. I like Bryden Cass. I really like the look of him. He took mm. two for 15 in the first innings as well. So seven for 64 in the match. Um, and you said that Warwickshire might not have been happy with the surface. Well, it's it's hard to be too unhappy with it when your hosts make 391 for nine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I looked at this, it would literally, one thing we're going to touch on throughout this, this, this show, man, is, is we've been top-heavy batsmen in the last three weeks. Well, the ball started a dominate, and I'm not sure whether that is bowlers getting more miles in the legs, getting better because of we've talked about with the likes of Tim Bresnan and a few others uh, in previous shows about the COVID bubble, not having the practice facilities and you know not having the facilities they had in previous years to get the preparation into the bowlers' legs. And they're just starting to come now, good now. Or England's been very dry over the last six weeks, very, very dry. And last Tuesday and Wednesday, there was a big, big douse of rain throughout the country. And maybe it's just spiced up the little the wickets a little. And I think that's seen this week because there's a lot more fifers than there were hundreds. So well done to Durham there, who moved up from, from bottom into uh, third place in Group 1. So what stood out for you then as we moved to Trent Bridge um, in the, the Notts Derby game? Notts obviously won by 310 runs. It's the first championship game they've won since 2018. Oh, that makes my eyes water saying that. Um, Leicester didn't win a game for three years. Do you remember a few a few, a few years ago? But um, but not uh, started this season off really badly as well. Winning by 310, they made 256 and 318. Derby were bowled out for 105 and 159. Obviously, Stuart Broad's uh, match figures are six for 70. What else caught your eye? Uh, young Clark, who we're going to hear from in the show, Joe Clark, he got 50 in both innings. Um, knocking on the England door. I like this kid. I think he's a player. I think he's a proper player. Um, and again, another good young England player, 24-year-old, 50 in both innings, getting his team over the line. First win since, it's actually Joe Clark's first win at Nottinghamshire because he, he signed from Worcester in 2019. So he hadn't sampled the championship win. Um, Hamid, young Hamid, um, Hasim Abid, he got, what did he get? He got 94, 94. In the second innings, another good, a good innings, but you know, we, 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 we've talked about him so many times in England. Um, Broad and Anderson, Jimmy's not playing at this minute in time, but when we talked to Joe Clark, uh, about the experiences of playing with Stuart Broad, Stuart Broad has been fantastic yet again, you know, he's ultimate professional and he, he plays for knots like he does play for England. And anybody that hasn't seen it yet, get on social media, get and see the catch. Dan Patterson take off Stuart Broad to get rid of Sam Connors. It is priceless. It is up there with one of the best catches that you'll see. Stuart Broad around the wicket bowl and quite, quite piercing, a number 10 batsman who has sort of backed away, uppercutted it to third man. And at not one point did I think, watching that video, that Dan Patterson was going to get anywhere near it. He flungs out a hand, a bit like Chris Jordan um, in the England-India series, takes it one-handed and then does a Monty Panesar-type celebration, runs the length of the pitch with all his teammates around him because that was the first win Knots have had since 2018. So, well done, Knots. Do you think Dane Patterson was trying to catch that? Um, I think he was trying to stop himself from running into the crowd. He was looking to open you know the what, gates at one point. Do you know Man, what I mean? When you, you, you sometimes... You make a token effort just to, to yeah. show that you've you've tried, but you know you, that you've got no chance. I mean, he's he's running as fast as he can on the boundaries edge, and he's just stuck a hand out, and it's it's landed in it. I couldn't believe it. It was brilliant, wasn't it? He was trying to stop himself from going over the line because he's very very close to the line. And now you're right. You just chucked a hand out and think, oh well, I've had a token effort, but I can't. I normally use size twelves for them ones. Or if I was at mid on, I'd have a little bit of a dive if the ball was if the boundary rope was like miles away from the fence as well. So somebody else could go and chase it. But no, what a catch. Fantastic catch. And the celebration for me was brilliant. I can imagine Stuart Broad standing with his hands over his face, Ben Stokes style, Trent Bridge style, Ashes in 2015. 
um, because the catch was was brilliant. And like I said before, he was Monty Panasar running the length of the pitch and his teammates around him. And it was a big win for Knotts. It's a big, big win for Knotts because they've got Essex coming, who again, who did well, quite well this week, got a mammoth total on the board. Cook against Broad going head to head at Trent Bridge. Um, not going to be looking for, for back-to-back wins. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Luke Fletcher's 5 for 28, by the way. Took him past 350 first-class wickets. And a shout-out as well for Ben Duckett with his uh, 87 in Knotts' uh, second innings of 318. So, well done, Knotts. And uh, they have moved up to second in Group 1 now, just behind uh, Warwickshire by three points. Warwickshire on 51, Knotts in second place on on uh, 51 now, Warwickshire on 54. Okay, let's go to Essex then. The third game in Group 1. High-scoring draw, Essex 561 for eight. <laughs> Sir Alistair, 115. Dan Lawrence back in the run, or still in the runs, I should say. Um, Simon Harmer also made runs uh, uh, for Essex. Worcester, though, 364. And uh, following on, never in danger, 129 for two. Bit of a flat one there. At, uh, is, that, is that New Road? Yeah, New no. Road. It looked yeah. as though looked as though it was uh, an absolute road there as well. You know, Alistair's had a couple of fifties, uh, first hundred of the of the championship season. Wesley again, somebody else who's had England England uh, honours, captain of of Essex, and it'll be a big test them going to to Trent Bridge to face the likes of Broad and Fletcher and and people like that to see you know where this five hundred and sixty one stands. Um, Dan Lawrence again, you know another another you know good innings. 50, time at the middle, knocking on the, the England door and saying, like, don't, don't forget me. So it did look an absolute rogue down there. Um, Jake Libby, is it? Yeah, I, 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 again, he's, he's had a start. He's had a couple of hundreds this year. Took over the captaincy this week. Uh, 41 in the first innings, 52 not out in the second innings. Um, somebody who's done very, very well for, for, for Worcestershire. Um, but again, a, a game which the bat dominated the ball, Simon Harmer, four wickets. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where Essex are going up to uh, going up to, to up to Trent Bridge, because let's remember the Bob Willis Trophy is in Essex hand and they'll want to defend it. Homie, just a, a point on um, the the we we've spoken about this a couple of times now, or I've, I'll ask you to explain it to uh, confused listeners. But Worcester are just two points. Uh, off the uh, well, they're actually they're ten points. I beg your pardon. They're ten points off the top, and they haven't won a game. Uh, mm. Played four, drawn four, and there's only ten points between them and Warwickshire, who have won twice. So it looks just seems a bit odd to me. It does. It's. It, I think that well, I quite like the system. Um, it it look it it feels as though the pitches are better. Whether that's the weather, whether that's COVID. And the players, the bowlers haven't had the sort of miles in their legs like we've speculated many times over the last sort of three weeks. I don't mind the flat pitches because that will produce better cricketers. And if it means you're getting more incentives for a draw, are we bringing spinners into the game? Fourth innings, not only are we are the ability to bowl spin in this country, but to actual play spin on spinning surfaces in this country. I think that makes for better cricket. I remember... I'm not exactly sure what year it was. I think it was either 2000 or 2001. Warwickshire won the county championship. A similar point system where you got eight points or eight points for a draw. And I think it was Nick Knightside won the championship. And I think they only won about three games, four games all year. And that, that eight or nine draw, uh, eight or nine draws. So look, it, the, this is the system, the way it is. I'd rather have this than Green Seamers, 150, played 150, chasing to get out of divisions. I think long-term, talked about all these young players we're talking about, the likes of Clark and, and others that we've mentioned. They will get better as cricketers, and that's what we've got to be striving for because, like we've seen internationally, we need a better pool of players to play in all formats and all surroundings and everywhere in the world. And I think this format might just make us a better all-round country to produce good young players. So the group one then, just to sum up, Warwickshire and Notts in uh, first and second place on 54 and 51 points. Durham and Worcester, third and fourth, uh, 45 and 44 points. Essex, uh, suddenly Essex are in fifth place now with uh, one win, one loss and two draws. They're 41. Derbyshire um, have lost one and drawn three and they've got 40 points. Uh, so actually only 14 points between first and sixth place in group one. Um, Group two, let's move on to group two. By the way, we're going to listen to that uh, 
your interview with Joe Clark at the end of our roundup of Group Two, um, and or maybe even towards the end of the show, because he talks. Just to give you a little spoiler alert, he talks about life on the road, playing in the PSL, the Pakistan Super League, doesn't he? And talks a bit, a bit about, um, well, I mean, it's topical because the IPL's just been suspended, and 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 so was the PSL, and Joe was there, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and he talks very well about other players communicating with other players because yes, he might be playing with different teams. But you all from a similar country, um, similar environment, and you're also going to get back to them environments the safest way possible for your families. Um, and that the anxiety that goes on that. He also talks about playing with Stuart Broad. He also talks about his England ambitions and wanting to be a good all round player, players he's played with. So, you know, if you're a Knotts fan or if you're, you know, watch out for, for Joe Clark, because for me, when Ollie Pope was picked for England, I think Joe Clark was very, very close to getting that spot where Ollie Pope did, um, and you know since then Joe's, Joe's had a you know, a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of troubles, but he's coming out the other side now. His conversion rates from fifty to hundred is unbelievable. He's got nineteen first class fifties, seventeen first class hundreds. This kid's twenty four year old, and I think this kid's a player, and I think he will play a lot of games for England across all formats before he's finished. Good stuff. Nothing to, uh, no, no pressure. Nothing to live up to then. Um, okay, top top of the list um, in Group Two, Somerset against Middlesex. Now, Somerset conceded a first innings deficit of eighty nine, and they've gone on to win this by four wickets, chasing two hundred and nine in the fourth wicket. They were one hundred and twenty three for six, um, uh, chasing that that two hundred and nine. But Lewis Goldsworthy made 41 not out, and Steve Davis, 44 not out. It's a heck of a seventh-wicket partnership. Um, Craig Overton was in the wickets as well for uh, Somerset. It was, um, again, it's just teams that are, are used to winning know how to win. They find a way, don't they? Because at various points in this match, Middlesex would have thought we've, we've pretty much got, got one hand round the neck of this game. Yeah, and that's it. That's you find a way of find a way of winning, and you you learn how to win. That's the art about being one of the the top sides. I remember during my time playing at Durham, two thousand, and we had Dale Benkenstein, who was captain. Somebody you'll you'll know very very well from from South African cricket, who was a, a a captain that wanted to win. He'd risk losing to win a game of cricket. He was used to it with Natal, and I remember many times sitting there, even at tea time. There was one game at tea time. We needed nine wickets in Kent's second innings to win the game. And we still believed that we were going to win it. And we did. And we, we did win the game. So there are people that give off messages and give off signs that, you know, they were always looking to try and win the game. And when you do get on a winning roll, even if it's if you've had six months off, you, you, you tend to find a way of getting over the line. And Somerset have done that. I'm pleased for Craig Overton. You know, we've talked about manners. We talked about the IPL finishing, and we talked about players in bubbles, players who have been in the bubble without playing a hell of a lot. Well, Craig Overton is one of them. He's been following England around for for quite some time. Um, to get you know eight wickets in the match, I think he got eight wickets in the match, didn't he? Um, which is which is brilliant. Five for thirty-four second innings off twenty overs uh, to win to win your team or to put your team in a position to win the game. You mentioned young Goldsworthy, um, Lewis Goldsworthy, 39 first innings, 41 second innings. And the reason why I'm singling him out is because that was his first class debut. I think it was his championship debut. Uh, so, you know, well done to him. So getting your team over the line or being in a winning side is one thing. But when you're getting your team over the line from the position he got in um, very, very well. And another another man who of England colours, England watch, who I've, who I like a lot. I really do. And he's getting on a bit now. And that's Stephen Finn, five for 75, uh, 77 off 20 overs. Somebody that's uh, had troubles in the past with his, with his action and what people have been saying about him. Um, I hope this is a five for that really ignites Stephen's um, summer. And he has a, a really, really good summer because I like the kid and I think he's a, he's a proper, proper bowler. When he played for England, he was, I thought he was devastating when he was on. Um, and it's good to see him back in the wickets. Just very quickly, I talk about good teams developing a winning habit and finding ways to win. You know, how, how can we win this game um, when you're not used to it? 
um, then you you find ways to lose. And I I, I worry a bit for Middlesex. They've um, I don't know. I mean they, they they shouldn't have they shouldn't have lost this game. They you know they took an eighty nine run first innings lead. They then took six uh, wickets, reduced Somerset to one hundred and twenty three for six. And there were other times as well where they would have felt, as I said, that they were that they were that they were in the ascendancy and yet it was their third loss out of four i mean as much as somerset found a way to win the game middlesex found a way to lose it didn't they yeah absolutely and you, you do find that when you are in times and being in there in the, the sort of late 90s early 2000s with durham when we were a little bit whipping boys that you just feel as though no matter we might have a, a day and a half of completely dominating this game but we'll have 45 minutes where we'll lose five wickets and the game's over and we, we how have we done by the time and sometimes, man, when you're sitting in the dressing room, you can't stop it. You don't know how to stop it. And by the time you realise how to stem the tide, it's too late, it's gone, game's finished. And you look at you look down at that top order of, of, of Middlesex and you see Robson played for England, Holden talked about playing you know, higher representative stuff, Gibbons, Gubbins, not far off being in, in, in England reckoning a couple of years ago. Hanscom played for Australia. You know, there's some good players in this side and, you know, the, the three experienced or two experienced players at the bottom and young Tom Helm, who's being talked about playing for England, as well as Finn and, and Tim Murtaugh from, from the, the, the what he did, with, what he does with Ireland and what he's done with Surrey and, and Middlesex. This is a decent Middlesex side who just need to stop the tag, start drawing games with the view that they can get over the line and win in a game to, to really you know, fit, have a good you know, push for the rest of the season. But at this minute in time, it just seems the water's coming in at all angles and they need to stop that. Right. <laughs> I'm laughing at, at myself here as I move us to the Kia Oval because yeah. uh, I've spent I've spent the last three weeks telling you that Hashim Amla's lost it. Um, <laughs> Surrey, 560 for seven. Uh, the mighty hash, 215 not out. And... You know, I'm also laughing because uh, people are saying like, "Oh, what's up with Ollie Pope?" Well, you know what? Ollie Pope's first-class career is a large sample size, and he averages sixty. So he, he, you know, he's allowed a hiccup or two. He's allowed to go a couple of innings without scoring. He made 131. So if if Surrey's 560 for seven was impressive, it wasn't a shock. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful batting wicket. Um, they have been in pretty wretched form, though, and very short of runs in the first three games. But what was eye-watering was to see high-flying Hampshire bowled out for 92 and then 179. That wasn't much better. Kemar Roach took eight for 40. I mean, you know, high-flying Hampshire have taken an absolute belting. What's that in football terms? 9-0. It's 9-0. It is. It is. It's a belting. It's as good as your pants pulled down. And it's honestly... It, well, but I, <laughs> To be fair, man, as I look at look at last week's show, we, we bigged up Bellingham. We bigged up Adam Lai. said Adam Lai's going to be sort of knocking on the selector's <laughs> door. They got 29 runs between them in four in three, well, three innings. We said Amla was finished after a four-ball pair. He got 215. And we said Hampshire were going to be forced to be reckoned with. And they got beat by innings in 289. So it's, we're in it was, it was, yeah, it was an interesting, interesting few selections last last week. But no, fair play to Surrey. But what we did say about Surrey last week was, I think it was 240 test matches that side had last week. And it, it, class is permanent. The reason why you play test match cricket, because you have got class, you have proven, um, even if you're having a bad spell. And I expected the players, especially the England players, to stand up as the season went on, getting closer to the test matches, because it's like going through the gears. Um, and boy, this this certainly did that. You know, I have, and this is not you talk about five hundred and sixty for seven. This is against a, a bowling attack of Kyle Abbott, played international cricket. Mohammed Abbas played a lot of international cricket. Liam Dawson um, you know, played a bit of international cricket. It's not a bad bowling lineup. So you know, we, you look at the you look at the Surrey lineup and the batting terms, and you think yes, they should be getting big scores. Um, but there hadn't been been a lot of pressure on the likes of you know uh, Vikram Solanke, Alex Stewart, Gareth Batty in the management team scratching their heads, thinking where on earth is the next win going to come from? Um, and then the, the flip it round like that, arguably the best team in the country at the time, Hampshire, and they go and beat them by an innings in two hundred and nearly ninety runs. So Amla, yeah, brilliant. Pope, great to see. But the big one for me, massive one for me is Rory Burns starting to get bigger scores. 
And I think if he can get 100 now, neither next week or the week after, you'd think, right, it's a prime race horse ready for that 2nd of June when the test match comes around against New Zealand. And he's got himself in the position to then really kick on throughout the rest of this summer. And that's what I want from my England openers. One, two and three. Get themselves in a position two weeks before the test match, a couple of first-class hundreds under their belt, and then all of a sudden, the pressure that's been put on them because of an indifferent winter, they can say, right, I've got runs under my belt. I've had a good net session. I've had a time in the middle. I'm now ready for the test matches. I'm pleased for Burns because I'm one of his biggest critics, Rory Burns. I am, and I'm happy to say I'm one of his biggest critics. But I'll also be happy when he scores runs because if he scores runs at the top of the order, England get off to a good start and it's a great chance for England to win test matches. Small little thing I couldn't help noticing, um, and I didn't ca- catch much of this game on the streaming. Uh, but um, a couple of weeks ago, it's fair to say that 24-year-old Hampshire keeper Lewis McManus did not cover himself in glory with that, uh, that one-handed stumping with the ball no. in the wrong hand. Uh, he, got, uh, he got three disciplinary points. Um, you were pretty forthright with your views. Um, and he, he did, you know, James Vince did um, stand up for him and, and, and speak in his defence and uh, that it happened in the spur of the moment. And, you know, I mean, it was clearly, it, it, it was a very bad look. Um, and that can seriously affect you as a player. But he's uh, gone out there, top scored in both innings, 31 not out in a total of 92 all out, and then 51 in the second innings. Um, and I have no doubt whatsoever that, uh, that you know, that J- James Vince and, and, the, and the other players who spoke up in his defence are right and that he is a, a good, honest um, servant to the game. And he had a bad, very bad moment. But um, I like that. I show that it shows a bit of character. Yeah, it does show a bit of character. And everybody makes mistakes. You, know, you have to make comments on, you know, I have to pass comments on the, the harsh reality of what happened. And he has to take the criticism. He just has to stick his tin hat on, stick his chest out and put his gloves on and, and go again. And he's done that. They said top score, both innings, 51 second innings. Um, and you know, fingers crossed it will make him not only a better better person, that will then galvanise it to hopefully make him a better, a better cricketer. And that's what that's what you can, all you can ask for if you're James Vince or the management team down at Hampshire. You protect your player. You look after your player. Yes, he made a mistake, but we're not going to throw him under the bus. We're going to protect him. Um, and we're going to try and make him hopefully see the error of his ways and, and make him stronger for it. And if he does that, you know, fair play to the boy. Right. Um, I don't know what you're going to say about Leicestershire this this week. Um <laughs> You, you've, you've, you're torn between um, being being fairly harsh and and not saying anything. Well, talk about teams finding a losing finding a way to lose a game. I mean, they've taken a first innings lead of 146. They've bowled Gloucestershire, who've been in, one of the informed teams so far in the championship, bowled them out for 275. They've gone out there and made 421. They're leading by 146. And even then, they're still defending 348 in the fourth innings. And Gloucestershire have chased them down. I mean, yeah, I don't know whether to be more impressed with, with Gloucestershire and, and the hundreds from uh, Tom Lace and Ian Cobain. Um, that was a that's, a that's a mighty run chase, that is, 348 for six. So do we, do we praise Gloucestershire or do, or do we oh dear Leicestershire? I think I have to praise Gloucestershire, to be honest. I, I don't want to kick Leicester... Too much because if if I'm honest, I look at it and I think, well, like mentioned about Middlesex before, let's stem the tide, get the draw, then turn it round and potentially look, we'll get over the line anywhere we can and get a win. They nearly got there, nearly got there. This was a this was a good performance by Leicester. I think when you strip it down, they got a very, very good first innings total, which what you want. They had bowlers that took wickets, which what you want. And you're saying, right, we'll leave them a target. Lift them a target in 78, was it 78 overs, 350 in 78 overs is, for me, you, know, you should be able to defend that. But if a team gets over the line, you've got to say well played. So well, definitely well played to Gloucester. You feel for Leicester because they were nearly there. You feel for Paul Nixon. And I must admit, on Saturday, I was, I was getting my phone ready. Come on, Nico, are you going to come on the show? And I can, I can actually eat humble pie and put my size 12s in my mouth and say, well done, Leicester, for everything they've done. But fingers crossed that potentially is next week or further down the line. They're getting runs on the board. If you get runs on the board, you've got half a chance of winning games. And unfortunately, they just come up against a good side in Gloucester, and Gloucester are a good side. 
a very, very good side. Richard Dawson and, and now, now Ian Harvey. Be very, very proud of what's happening down at Gloucester. The producing players that we all talked about playing for, playing for England. Young Ryan Higgins, again, we mentioned he's, he's moved from Middlesex over to, to Gloucester just to get some cricket, game time. Uh, and what a move that's been. He, he got a couple of wickets in the first innings. He got five for again in the second innings. Um, has he got enough pace? Has he got enough about him to make it up this, the, the stage at the next level? We never know. But while he's putting numbers on the board with both bat and ball, it's got to be in serious consideration for, for talked about by the England selectors. But again, as much as you want to knock, knock Leicester for not getting over the line and finding a way to lose, like we've talked about, everybody else finding a way to win when they do good winning sides, I think you have to take your hats off to the Gloucester side who chased down 300 and who didn't give up the chance and think, right, after 60 overs, we get a draw. The, 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 in their mindset is we are going to win this game from the first over and 78 overs in, the, they've got themselves a position, a winning position and, and over the line and fair play to Gloucester for doing that. It was, it's a fantastic win, fantastic win uh, when, you, when, you, when you break it down, um, especially when they, were tw- when they were 37 for two to keep going, 37 for two, 50 for three to keep going to try and get yourself a win rather than just sit and settle and happy for a draw. I think it's it's hats off and well played at Gloucester. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Ryan Higgins is a name that does pop up uh, quite often when Gloucestershire are doing well. But you know what's so good about the team is that there's a new name every week. Um, there's, you know, somebody else contributes, somebody else puts their hand up. It's not two or three stars or, or three or four stars and, uh, and, and everyone else support staff. Uh, I think they're all, uh, a lot of uh, the players are able to make match-winning contributions. So they're top of uh, Group 2. Um, with 74 points, three wins out of four. Somerset also with three wins out of four, but only 60 points, short of bonus points. Um, but also they haven't drawn a game, which is uh, a good source of points these days. Third place, Hampshire. Fourth place, Surrey now. Surrey were bottom of Group 2 um, before that uh, win. Middlesex now fifth and Leicestershire sixth. Just a reminder for those who still aren't familiar with the way that the county championship works this year. The top two teams from all three groups go into Division 1, the teams in places three and four go into Division Two, and then the place the teams in group in positions five and six in each of the group go into Division Three. So uh, you then play the teams you haven't played already on uh, just uh, just once, not home and away, as is taking place in the conference. Um, and so uh, you play fourteen games in total. So 
Um, Gloucestershire and Somerset and Warwickshire and Nottinghamshire at the moment after four games in uh, Division One places. We'll, we'll uh, discuss um, Group Three in just a moment, which is being dominated at the moment by uh, Lancashire and Yorkshire. Uh, we'll go through their three games. But now, where was Joe Clark when you spoke to him? Because this new e- era of, uh, of Zoom and, and Skype and, you know, there's no more going into the studio. And we've conducted some interviews in some strange places, haven't we? Or at least with our, with our victims. Uh, we have. He was in the car after after training, being in the training with Nuts, getting himself ready to uh, to take on the might of Essex, Bob Willis Trophy champions. And he was relishing the chance of seeing up close and personal two greats of the English game go head-to-head in broad against Alistair Cook. Joe, thanks for coming on TalkSport 2 on the Cricket Collective. Um, I think, first of all, born in Shropshire, uh, 24-year-old, a Chelsea fan. Is that a glory hunter? You're a football fan? Glory hunter? They're going to win the Champions League this year? <laughs> well, I hope so. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess uh, I could call myself a little bit of a glory supporter considering I've, I live nowhere near Stamford Bridge. Um, but yeah, just a family. I have three brothers. They're all Chelsea fans. My dad's a Chelsea fan. So uh, I'll say that I blame, I blame the older brothers and the dad for, for making me a glory supporter. A <laughs> good week for Notts. Notts, first championship win since, I think, 2018. That'll probably be your first first championship win. Um, how good is it, first of all, to get that on the board? And, you know, they're sitting fourth in Group 1, but there's only 14, 14 points between top and bottom. So it's a difficult group you're in. Yeah, obviously, it's a, it's a very tight group. Um, and, yeah, the win is obviously is massive for us as a, as a championship side. Um, as you said, 2018, our last championship win, my first win since I arrived at Notts. So it's been a long time coming. Um, there's been a lot of honest, honest chats amongst the group. Um, you know, our, our, white ball, our white ball form has is, is probably been the best in the country for a couple of years. But our red, obviously our red ball form has, has been the worst. So um, it's nice to... Nice to get the first win on the boards, and hopefully it's um, the start of many more to come. In 50 in both innings, you are contributing to a winning a winning game. You talk about being honesty there. What give us an honest assessment of that catch? Stuart Broad around the wicket to I think was it Sam Connors, Dan Patterson running round one handed. What first of all, where were you on the pitch when that happened? And second of all, what was your initial reaction? And when did you think he was actually going to catch it? Because Looking from the video we've seen, at no point did I think that was going to be a catch taken. <laughs> well, I was I was actually at third man, so Stuart was bowling very quick. Um, he was quite fired up, and obviously around the wicket, some short ball bowling. Um, and I saw it all the way, and at, at first I thought it was going for six, and I thought there was absolutely no chance uh, that Dane would have got there. Um, and as it sort of got closer to him and he just stuck the hand out, it made such a great noise going in, went in straight into the middle of the hand and he was off running. But yeah, what a what a great catch. And, you know, our bowlers were were magnificent that game. Our batters were very good considering, you know, the wicket was probably a sort of 200 wicket, par wicket. Um, so to get sort of 300 and 250 in, in both innings as a batting unit was, was good. But, you know, to have someone like like Stuart in the side um, and available for knots at the moment is is massive for us as a group. And you played you played in you know T Twenty leagues. You played in the PSL. You played in the Big Bash um, with some you know mentors, some good mentors, Kuma Sangakara I can think of, and Wazi Makram. Um, but when you play with someone like Stuart Broad, you know it's it's a different league, especially coming from an Englishman. Where's what's Stuart like? Just give our viewers a, a little context of what Stuart's like when he's playing for Knots, because you know everybody sees what he's like playing for England. But what's he playing for Knots? Is the professionalism still there? Is that why he's great? A hundred percent. I think that's testament to why he's you know played for England for the amount of time that he has, and at his age now, he's still rocking up and and being one of England's best. And you you don't do that through you know not being such a great professional um you know it's amazing for me as a batter to be able to face him in the nets at any opportunity that I can he's always giving feedback to all of our batters to our bowlers um 
And, you know, you really do feel like when he's playing for Knotts, he's treating it the same as if he was playing for England. So he loves Knotts and everyone can, can see that. And, you know, to have him around and to have his experience in the dressing room, to having have him bowling for us is obviously the main thing because, you know, he, the way he's bowling at the moment, he looks like he's going to get a wicket every ball. And I think I'm, I'm happy that I'm, I'm playing with him rather than against him. I know that. <laughs> Somebody else who has played for England, had their struggles and now looks as though he's, he's in a little bit of touch and that's young Hamid. He, Hamid, he's got himself back-to-back hundreds last week. He got runs again. Um, it's it's a difficult game, county cricket, isn't it? When you're on the roller coaster of you know, bus, travel, hotel, you know, and when things aren't going well for you, it is a, is a difficult sport to be in, especially as a batsman. How good is it to see somebody, especially a young player, coming out the other side uh, and being talked about again? Well, yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm one of them. I think, you know, I, I don't like seeing the, the talk about, about Haas again because obviously we all saw how, how brilliant he was when he went on his first England tour to India. Um, and, you know, all, all the talk was how, how many tests that he was going to play for England. And, and obviously he had his struggles in the years after that with injuries and, and loss of form. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of batters and bowlers that have gone into England set up and, gone back into county cricket and, and had their struggles. And he's obviously one of them. The move, working with Pete Moores, maybe a change of scenery has, has potentially, you know, brought brought back the best out of him. And and hopefully long long may that continue. And, you know, he's he's one of the hardest workers that, that I've seen. He's he's constantly in the nets. Sometimes you have to tell him to get out of the nets. Um but you know he's, he's obviously the talent is there and, and it's nice to see him scoring scoring big runs again. And yeah, as I said, hopefully long may that continue. And is it something that you can look at yourself? We have lots of England aspirations. You know, you went past 5,000, you know, first class runs this week. You know, 17, was it 1950s, 1700s? It's not a bad conversion rate. Knocking on that England door places there. Do you look across at that and think, well, you are, there are going to be times in your career where you do have a bad patch, but you come out the other side and it makes you a lot better as a cricketer. A lot better as a person and a lot stronger. Hundred percent. Obviously, you know, I, I doubt there'd be many cricketers who don't go through a period of of either loss or form. You know, things happening, you know, away from cricket that have impacts on on how they're playing. And and I'm certainly one that's that's had that. And as you said, I think it's it's massive how how it affects you in the long run. And and I believe that it's made me a better better person and a better cricketer. So I'm trying to enjoy it. I don't don't look at anything to do with England stuff. I, I want to be as successful as I can for knots. Um, and as, a, as you know, the winning feeling that we had last week, that's why I want to have more with, with our Red Bull side. You know, the way we play our white ball cricket, um, you know, we feel like we can win every game when it comes to the T20 stuff. Um, there's obviously, it's looking really different now. There's obviously a lot of cricket in the summer with, with the 100 ball competition as well. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of time going to be spent on the road and, and playing cricket. And that's that's at the forefront, you know, things, things away from that that you can't control, you know, whether it be media, media chat about England stuff. Obviously, the, the England aspirations are there. Of course, I think everyone who plays plays cricket has them aspirations. Um, but I know that you have to perform consistently to, to be in with a shout of doing that. So hopefully it's... Uh, I've had a few starts, a few 50s so far, so hopefully I can turn a few of them into some big hundreds and uh, finish off strong before we then go into the T20 Blast. In the, the game around the corner, you know, you've talked, I've talked about two or three good young England players there or potential England players there, two of the old guard coming head-to-head broad against us at Cook this week at Trent Bridge. How exciting is that as a young player to see, you know, when you, you know, in your... You know, in your junior cricket growing up, watching the TV, two absolute brilliant stars, and then you're going to play alongside them or and against them on a, um, on a in a first class arena. It's it, it must be a game you're looking forward to as a not player, but obviously to to sort of get back to back wins this week. Yeah, of course. I mean, it still doesn't. Um, you still don't lose the the feeling of seeing the best going against the best. And and as you said, you know, I, I used to watch obviously Stuart and. And Sir Alistair, um, obviously performing for for England growing up, and I've had a lot of a lot of experiences now where you 
you end up coming up against um, some of the best players in the world. And that's the beauty of playing sort of franchise cricket and, and being able to play the amount of games I have so far um, that I've seen some of the best going against the best. And obviously uh, this week we'll have Stuart against uh, Sir Alistair. So that'll be a, a great watch. Hopefully um, he's not in for too long and, and Stuart can have the upper hand in, in both innings. And, and obviously, as you said, carry on some momentum from the Derby win and and beat Essex, which we know is going to be a really tough game. They're, they're a great group of players. Um yeah, a really tough outfit. So uh, we'll have to be at our best to, to knock them over. You've talked about the red ball game, the white ball game, franchise cricket and, and everything that's going to come, especially in English cricket this year with, you mentioned the 100 and the blast and things like that. Is there an element of the game that you think that suits Joe Clark the best? Or do you think, you know, the all-round package is what I want to be in, you know, this time next year? Um, talking about either England honours or improving as a cricketer. Is the red ball something you focus on or is it the white ball or are you just thinking you know, every day is a, a cricket day and I'm going to enjoy it? Every yeah, as yeah, every day is a is a cricket day. I don't want to be um pigeonholed hold as such. Um yeah, I love I've loved playing all three formats. Um and you know, the experiences that, that come with that, the franchise stuff I loved. Um it's amazing to play with with guys that you watch on the TV and and the responsibility of being an overseas player is is something that definitely matures you as a cricketer and and as a person um, with the responsibility of that. But you know, my 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 main goal is is to play Test cricket, and um, I think I'm not, I'm not of the maybe the next generation that see sort of IPL and and all this razzmatazz of the the shorter format as being the one. Um, Test cricket is still the pinnacle for me, and. Um, so I try and work as hard as I can on, on that side of my game. And obviously we uh, we have obviously a period in the summer where it will be white ball focused and, and I'll be giving it my all to, to be the best player I can be in that format as well. And um, at the end of the day, I just want to score as many runs as I can in, in every format and in every game. And that's what I'll try, I'll try and do. Happy days, Matt. All the best. Uh, thanks for joining us on The Cricket Collective and good luck this week against Essex uh, and appreciate your time. No worries. Thanks, Tommy. Tommy talking to uh, Joe Clark a little earlier. Let's move on to Division 3, being dominated, as I said, by uh, the Red Rose and the White Rose of Lancashire and Yorkshire. Another win for Lancashire, beating Sussex by five wickets. Uh, With Sussex making 328, Lancashire could only reply with 230. So another team winning with uh, a significant first innings deficit. A deficit of 98 is usually uh, far more instrumental in the course of a game than irrelevant, but it was irrelevant this time because uh, Lanks bowled Sussex out for 154 and chased down 255 for five to win by five wickets with uh, Keaton Jennings making 91. Uh, What stood out for you, Harmy? Yeah, Keaton Jennings, some will argue, and I think I'm in that camp that would argue that if you play horses for courses bowlers on swinging surfaces or green wickets then you play potentially pick horses for courses batsmen and Keaton Jennings should have been in in the subcontinent this winter with with England at the top of the order against Sri Lanka and against India but he wasn't he's been practicing with the Red Rose 50 in both innings there you go 61 in the first innings 60 in the first innings 91 in the second innings and again, another team chasing a fourth innings total where you think oh, 250 plus on a fourth innings, you, you, you'd back the team that was setting the target. And again, they've chased it, chased it quite comfortably. Um, got off to a great start. Alex Davis, who is going to be with, I think, the Southern Braves in the, in the 100. Watch out for him. He hits the ball. Decent. Uh, he's a decent player, young, you know, young Alex Davis. I know Mark Mark Nicholas in commentary over the winter was talking highly of of having having him with the Southern Braves. Well, they got off to a good start. Davis and Jennings, 102 for the first wicket, um, and never really looked back after that. Uh, nice to see Liam Livingston playing, even though he didn't get you know a, a great deal of runs. Um, it was back. Nice to see him back out there on a. Uh, on a cricket field because he's been carrying a lot of drinks and being a lot of the biosecure bubbles. But like you say, the first innings lead doesn't make a difference now. Um, Parkinson didn't really get too much of a bowl, to be fair. 
Um, he, he bowled nine overs in the first innings, three overs in the second innings, picked up a couple of wickets from an England front. Not much to, to write home about, but big counties. And when you look at the, the table at this minute in time, and you see the teams at the top are potentially going to be in Division 1 for the latter stages of it. Um, the big test match test match grounds are, are, are at the forefront in Yorkshire, Lancashire. It's going to be a big one. I think it's in two weeks' time. Yorkshire, Lancashire, week before the first test match. That'll be huge, huge match. And if there's could potentially get supporters into it, um, the both sides are playing very, very well at the moment. What do you know about Josh Bohannon? He, um, that run chase, we, you know, we, we, your eye is drawn to Keaton Jennings, 91 not out. But Josh Bohannon smashed 46 off 53 balls, eight fours and a six. Fearless stuff, that is. It is, yeah. He's a, obviously a top-order batsman. I don't know a, a great deal about him, seeing little bits of the, of the obviously, the streaming and the feed. Um, 37 in the first innings, uh, 93 balls. So he batted like a batsman. Like like again, manners. We come back to fourth innings chases with the invention of 2020. The way the world's going with a white ball, no no targets big enough now. No grounds are. It's just weak. We can go after whatever, and even if we lose a couple of wickets, again, yeah, there were 100 and go after a great start, 102 for one. But when you when your team's 150, 150 for four, and you're thinking fourth innings. We settled for a draw here. No, Keaton Jennings kept going and young Bahan came in, got 46 in a crack. Crofty came in, uses experience to see Lancashire over the line. Um, and it's a good win and, and teams believe they can win from anywhere. So while you've got that and you've got young players playing and in the middle of all this, that can only benefit English cricket. Only benefit English cricket because you don't. The, what's the difference between the te- the player that can play at the top level and the player that dominates at first class level? It comes with temperament. It comes with pressure. Biggest two players in my generation in my time who got labelled that couldn't play, even though they played fifty Test matches, they weren't the same under the microscope of pressure. And Graham Hick and Mark Ramprakash. These kids now are getting put under pressure, fourth innings, go and chase that, go and because of the way 2020's come, pressure that comes on playing in front of big crowds can only make the game better. And there's a sample size. I think what happened in that game at um, between Lancashire um, and Sussex. I, uh, I can't, I can't um, save the Yorkshire story any longer. Um, we've still got <laughs> Lamorgan and Kent to talk about, but I, I can't uh, just, we've got to talk about the Yorks. You know, tens of thousands of first-class matches over the uh, history of, uh, of the game since first-class cricket was deemed first-class cricket. Do you know how many have been won by one run? Three, four? Have, have a guess. Three, four, is it? No, but there's been, no, I mean, talking about not just English, not just English. Oh, in England. Class, oh. All around the world. Pass. 30, this was the 33rd out of... 33 times out, in one run. Out of out of more than ten thousand first class games, it's only the thirty third. It's actually that that number is a bit higher than I thought it would be, to be honest. Mm. Um, but but there you go, Yorkshire bat first. More problems. Let's be honest. They're two hundred and six all out, thanks to Don Bess making fifty six, um, and they and they go on to win by by one run. I mean it, that's fighting stuff. Yorkshire look like a team who are winning but not playing their best. Tell us a story. Oh, oh, by the way, David Willey, 41 not out. You know how much I like lower order runs. Batting at number 10 for Yorkshire in their second innings, 41 not out at number 10. That, and they win by one run. So well done, David Willey. You win the game. Yeah, definitely. And I think when you look at it, at about five o'clock on Sunday afternoon, man, as the story of the of the week and the best game and the nail-biter of the week was going to go, or the performance of the week was going down to Gloucester um, against Leicestershire, chasing that big total. And it, it probably still is, but this one run it close. One run, one run. Spare a thought for Wayne Parnell. Wayne Parnell's got five for 64 first innings. He's got five for 79 second innings. And he is steering his side to a, a famous victory against against uh, Yorkshire. 16 minutes from the down. last wicket. Yeah, nine wickets down and he get and the rain comes. And they have, I think, and have an hour or two hours. They have some time off anyway. 
it doesn't rain when Parnell wins the game because he's in the zone. He's he's ready to go and he gets his team over the line. He's thirty three not out, and all of a sudden Ben Sanderson, both 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 Sanderson and and um, and Parnell, York former Yorkshire players. I think Parnell's played for Yorkshire. I might be wrong there, but Stephen Patterson, Yorkshire captain, gets Parnell caught behind the win by one run, and I agree. Totally agree what you're saying there, Manners. Yorkshire are not playing very well at this moment in time from a from a a team point of view of racking up big scores, taking loads of wickets, dominating games, but they're finding a way to win. And that's always a great sign. It's a good sign as a former adopted couple of games for Yorkshire. Yorkshire will have Joe Root probably back next week. Um and yeah, I'm pleased for Don Betts. I'm really pleased for Don Betts. Talking about here in the game, I agree with him. I played many for many, many years, and there was times I disliked this great game we play because ups and downs and roller coasters, and especially in in county cricket. But he got six for last week. His last innings, he got a six for. His very next innings, he gets fifty. Um, he didn't really get too much much of a ball. Fifteen overs in the first innings, one for twenty-four. That's you know that's acceptable on a on a on a first innings. He bowled two overs in the second innings, so he hasn't had a great deal of bowl. But he's playing on the winning side. Playing on the winning side. And the biggest thing I like about the Don Best one is he's batting at number seven. So he's a bit more responsibility on his performance. He's playing as more or less an all-rounder. And that, for me, I hope that's given him confidence going forward because he's, he's, he's not just you're not just talking about him being, yes, he's, he's going to get in the test team because of his bowling. But if you give the guy a bit more responsibility... I would like to think if he accepts that responsibility and his performance shines, his confidence levels will go higher. And any spinner will tell you if they've got confidence and they've got the chest out and they're in a game, in the environment, and the pressure's on, well, there's more chance of them performing. And I think that's where the hated part of Don Bess's comments has come from. And now he's got a bit more responsibility, batting number seven, got a 50. Hopefully he's bowling. We'll just get that little bit more more confidence going forward and you know I'm, I hope he does because I think we all as England fans do I think we all want to see best do well because he's a great kid great character um, and he's always wanting to be in the forefront of every game Wayne Parnell was a, a standout performer for for four or five years for Worcestershire wasn't he or three or four years um, yeah got, got into a couple of uh, T20 finals days and um and it was expected when uh, the Colpac status was removed that Worcestershire might sign him as an overseas player, but they didn't. I think he's a very, very good signing for for North Ants. Um, but yeah, I mean that is uh, that's pretty tough to swallow. That 10, 10 for one hundred and forty three, and then gets a team to within a, a single run. Just one more. Take the tie. Yeah. Just uh, kick it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just oh well. Uh, but no, good, uh, good performance from from Yorkshire um or a good win I should say good and there win. is a decision isn't there it's a good win it wasn't a particularly good performance um right let's move on to before we sum up group uh, three uh Glamorgan really really good to see them uh, with a comprehensive uh, victory as well um playing a little bit better than their record suggested they'd uh, lost two drawn one this was their first victory of uh, the season. And the story, of course, as, as always, is about the old men, um, Darren Stevens and Michael Hogan. But how about Kent being bowled out for 138 and 74? Yeah, it's it, it, Kent look as though they're devoid of ideas of how to, to get close to, to winning a game. They're really struggling. Uh, down, at, down at Canterbury, Zach Crawley, um, the England player of note with obviously Joe Denley in there. Zach gets 33. At one point, you know, Kent are the, the, the 90 for three, 90 for three and get bowled out for one, 138. So it just tells you there's no confidence in that in that group at all. Um, 45-year-old Darren Stevens, LBW Stevens for 11, Marnus Labashian, second or third ranked number, number, number three ranked batsman, test batsman in the world, gets off a plane, and a green seaman has to face 45-year-old Darren Stevens. Absolutely brilliant. That's why we love the game of cricket. Well done, Steve-O. You know, it just brings Labashane back down to earth with a, with a hefty bump. He didn't have to quarantine. We talked about it last week. He didn't have to quarantine where Billy Stanley did. I think when that ball hit him on the pad, I think he might have known, I wish he had been in, in the quarantine because of 
you know, the stick he, he, he'd get. But again, Darren Stevens, five for 53, just shows what a champion he is. Um, and Michael what? Hogan has done the same. He's done the same for, you know, he did a, he, he did the same at, um, I think was, he was at Sussex, wasn't he? And, and then he moved on to, on to, uh, on to, to Glamorgan. Um, and again, another one, seasoned performer, hits, hits the seam with, very, very, very much ease um, and makes the ball do talking if the wicket's got something in it. And when you look at the scores of the game, you know, 197 being the top score in the, in the match, you'd think there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of green grass on the surface and and the bowlers have exploited and used it very, very well. So not much to write home about with the batsman. Zach Crawley gets gets 33. He'll want more runs up for that to, to sort of say, right, I'm ready for, for the test matches starting in June. But in the side he's in at the moment, at Kent, um, devoid of confidence, struggling, not knowing where the next win is. Um, it's going to be a, an interesting couple of weeks for Zach Crowley. What's the first thought that comes to your mind when you think of Darren Stevens taking five for 57, or was it five for 53, on his 45th birthday? On his how 45th earth, birthday. How on earth have you done that? It, uh, like we, we talked to Steve-O first week and, and it wasn't a case of, 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 of why are you still playing on your 45th birthday. I think a lot of us ex-cricketers will say, how are you still playing on your 45th <laughs> birthday because of how my body feels and how other people's, even the likes of Jimmy Anderson. You know, this is... Jimmy Anderson's 38, coming up 39. Another, another, I can't see Jimmy playing for another six years for Lancashire when he finishes next year, but it just shows you, you know, people they love what the, this game is. and People love this game, playing it, talking about it, writing about it. It is a, it is a beautiful game to be involved in. And, and if you can still play, why stop? And that there tells you, Manus Labashin, Manus Labashin has whacked every single test attack all around the world, on all surfaces, in the big high-profile, high high-pressure tournaments, where it's the Ashes, where it's England, Australia against India. This guy is the third-ranked or the second-ranked ICC test player in the world. And Darren Stevens on his 45th birthday, gets him out LBW for 11. What a great game we love. What a great game we love. Brilliant. <laughs> Right, I'm going to sum up Group 3 and we're going to finish with your uh, your three performances of the week and a couple of fixtures uh, to look forward to in the next round. Group 3 then, as I said, dominated by Lancashire and Yorkshire with 79 and 73 points uh, respectively. A long way ahead of third place Sussex with 48, Glamorgan 44, Northamptonshire 44 and Kent a long way adrift with just 24 points. In fact, Leicestershire and Kent... Uh, in uh, groups two and three, a long way behind uh, the uh, the pack, whereas group one, as we mentioned, just fourteen points between Warwickshire and Derbyshire. There's a number of uh, a number of eye-catching performances to um, to for, for you to to narrow down to just three, Harmy. Well, you, well, there's no hard and fast rules. You can have four if you want. I guess I guess the mighty Hash after his four-ball pair with 215 not out, he's got to be a contender for your podium. Yeah, he has. I think two of them are in them, that game. Two very experienced cricketers. Um, Kimar Roach, eight for, like we talked about Ollie Robinson in the first couple of weeks. To get a bag of wickets over five is five's a hundred, seven, eight is double hundred. And I think you know, Kimar Roach has got to be one of the contenders of performance of the week. Um, and it probably is Hashim Amla. I think if you're looking at the English side of things, um, I don't think you can look too far away from Craig Overton. Took eight for eight wickets in a match for, for Somerset. Um, knocking on the England door a little bit like the um, a little bit like we said about Ollie Robinson and a few other bowlers. Brandon Cast, another one, getting five for eight for in, in the match. Um, Craig's been away with England quite a bit this winter and during last summer's with COVID bubble. Um, and when you want somebody to knock on the door and say, don't forget about me when you're looking to pick the squad. No matter how well anybody else is doing, you do, I'm doing my job. So I think from an English point of view, I'm going to stick with the English point of view. I'm going to go Craig Overton for eight wickets to win his game against, uh, to for win the, the Somerset game. Um, because I like to see you know good young England players staking a claim, knocking on the selectors' doors and saying, right, I'm, uh, don't forget about me. And Craig did that this week. 
Great stuff. And a couple of fixtures to look forward to next week? Oh, a big one. Massive one. Cook against Broad. Does it get yeah. any bigger in English con- on the conditions? Yeah, if, if Lancashire could loan Jimmy Anderson to, to Notts, then it would be it would be every English cricket historian's dream having having the three of them in the same first class match. But we'll settle for two. I think that's the big standout one. You know, Crawley has to go up to to head to head and me to play against Joe Root, um, which I'd imagine Joe will be back. Um, Hampshire got to get back on a horse against Somerset. Somerset, who have uh, who have done well. Glamorgan have just won emphatically, um, and they got Old Trafford. Some good games this week, but for me the big one is Sir Alastair Cook against what will be probably in four or five years' time Sir Stuart Broad. Trent Bridge. <laughs> Classic. Marvellous stuff. Same time, same place next week, Army. Enjoy the next round. And you. Cheers, manners. You've been listening to the following on podcast with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmson. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can always download the podcast from the following on feed, now available via the free TalkSport app. Thanks for listening to the following on podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.